1: me when they owe me for my property the views and opinions expressed by hosts invited speakers and callers do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the black talk media project or the black talk radio network
3: Shit comes with a price tag You were slave to a flag In a country that clearly doesn't love you When they probably never have Told you turn the other cheek And they made it with a bat Fuck them protests in them city Told you go fight in the war Vietnam, you died good riddance That man of the house rule Took you from your siblings Turned around a pump crack Right up, please your And they turned all your leaders to martyrs You was off in the war Now who was guarding your daughters It was riots in the streets Killed Malcolm and Martin Called a national guard up Because we ride what I got up And now it's in your garden Second amendment don't apply to you Everything that they taught you was a lie to you. See, they scared of your skin and they dying a shoot. Take the American dream and then you die to pursuit. One day it'll all make sense. If about power, then it don't make sense. But none of that money matters when you live in madness. the one day you figure out that all you got is this. Peace, love, in the middle finger. Right on. Peace, love, in the middle finger. Right on. Peace, love, in the middle finger. Right on. Peace, love, in the middle finger.
1: Good afternoon. Welcome to Black Talk Radio News This is Scotty Reed broadcasting from behind enemy lines The enemy lines of this corporation nation called the United States of America Today's day is June 25th, 2015 It's a Thursday afternoon I tell you, uh, today is going to be an open forum Let me just go ahead and put that out there uh, right now We don't have a scheduled guest today um but I have taken notes i've been taking notes um as I've been just reading stuff that other black people are posting on social media uh also, my local white supremacist people's paper um it's been promoting rallies in support of the confederate monument that is on our courthouse um ground um also been engaged in a conversation with a staff member uh, up there who is engaging in deception and I flat out accused them of practicing um, racism and deception in media and they tried to um, say that a picture I posted was really a tombstone from a graveyard and not a white supremacist monument at a voting station where where many black people, I'm not going to say many, because um, the only people I see when I go to vote uh, for the local black judge, go to vote for the school board and things like that, I only see a few of my family members. Some of us go together and then, you know, I'll see other people, but not a whole lot of black people is voting that I see in at the precinct that I go to. And so they're trying to tell me that, you know, I'm engaging in deception and whatnot. And, um, I actually drove up there to to clarify it, so I've been engaging in counter propaganda, engaging these white supremacists in media around here, and I'll talk a little bit about that later, but I've just been taking notes i've been taking notes, so i just I like to ask questions, we are encouraged to ask questions, okay. And I try to think about things logically. I don't outright dismiss something that someone says. I think about it. I try to consider all angles and and to see, you know, if I can see the logic in in what they're saying. And so I've just been taking notes today. And at the top of my list, this is at the top of my list. Squabbling black people, squabbling white people, engaging white people lies with truth, taking on white people's press white supremacy machine is like a car. The little things do matter. Be consistent in your codification. Credibility is important and everything is not a distraction. Those are just some of the notes that I have taken because as soon as I um, rolled out the bed, went and took care of my personal hygiene stuff, then logged on to the internet, what's the first thing I see on my Facebook timeline but black people bashing of the black people because they don't agree with their counter-racist activities and to say that what you're doing amounts to nothing and that just I mean that just kind of like I didn't get angry because I've been seeing it all week but that just made me engage in counter-arguments and logic again like I stated Before Neely Fuller came up with the nine areas of people activity. And so you cannot focus on each and every activity as a one as one individual. So you may not work in sports. You may not work in entertainment. Well, sports is entertainment. You may not work in economics, education, entertainment, labor, law, politics, religion, sex or war. So, you know, you focus on what you have skill in. You focus on what you feel like your talents are best suited to focus on combating racism and white supremacy in one of those nine areas. Some of us might be able to engage them in more than one area. But I just do not see the logic in black people bashing other black people who are engaging in counter-racism. I don't understand that that seems counterproductive to me that you would put so much time and energy in trying to make black people look like they stupid or they're little children or you know they don't understand racism and white supremacy and how it works so they confused when actually I'm seeing you as being the one that don't see racism and white supremacy and how it works because you're talking about little things don't matter so, not coming on here to bash. Y'all know how I talk. Y'all know I'm passionate. I got in. I I got into a conversation with a family member. I was telling them about. I was engaging the Gastonia Gazette because they're putting out these lies. And I was telling them about what I was. The conversation I had with one of their racist suspects on staff, and they were like, "Well, calm down, calm down." I'm like, "Wait a minute, I'm not yelling." I'm just passionate. I'm just passionate. So, I mean, I'm not yelling at anyone. I'm not on here to squabble with you. I'm on here to to look at things that are being put out there and examining the logic and to see if it's constructive. I mean, so not that I'm criticizing people, What I'm doing is engaging in constructive criticism, and I'm not above criticism. It is because of criticism that pointed out incorrect things that I was doing that that made me work on those areas, because sometimes we can't see the fault in ourselves, and so we need somebody with a different perspective to help us see those things that we may not see in ourselves. So if you think I'm engaging in something incorrect, please don't... don't be shy tell me tell me how Scotty Reed is aiding white people by what he's doing tell me tell me how Scotty Reed is supporting white supremacy tell me how I don't understand or overstand so help me help me let's have a conversation not a debate let's have a conversation let's offer our different viewpoints I am not above being wrong and i can admit when i'm wrong so let me get a telephone numbers before i tell you about something i might have been wrong about and it's not necessarily that i was wrong about something but i did not foresee a certain activity that people engaged in and i wasn't taking a long-term view or or but now i see now i see not that i would do it but i can see the value in what those people did those family members that forgave that white terrorist again i would not do that i would not do that and i know that people who practice christianity are being misled about a lot of things and in the 30 plus years i was engaged in organized christianity which i am no longer and i'm more engaged in individual spirituality with a personal relationship with the creator then you know i i I know that what is being put out there as what we're supposed to do about forgiving people who do us wrong that a lot of that stuff is is not even biblical but again it depends on your interpretation you can read something and get something totally out of it that i just don't get and may never get but guess what there ain't no reason for me to fall out with you now Let's find out what we do agree on, and let's you know if if we can work together on that, then let's let's work together on that. So, the telephone numbers is five three zero eight eight one fourteen hundred. The access code to the conference line or the participant code is five four nine zero three two pound. The access code again is five four nine zero three two pound and then you hit star six and one star six and one to uh buzz me the other way you can get in is seven zero four let me make sure that line is open seven zero four nine five one five zero three zero is the number to our skype so you can call us on that you can also hit us up by our skype name black talk radio network and that'll get you in on the broadcast, of course, also available to you who are outside of the United States. You can use the web based flash phone that is posted on the profile page for this network. I didn't get a promo description up because I was engaged in some stuff, and I'll do that for the podcast but i um that all that information is on black Talk Radio news profile page Now, I got that out the way this is and again you may not agree with me and it's not about you agreeing with me I'm not I don't do what I do looking for people's approval okay uh you know I'm, I'm, you can disagree with me I'm not going to fall out with you and you can might have a counter point to the point that I'm making but we know and thankfully this is dying down but we know after those poor families whose who's who's Elders and mothers and fathers, uncles, were gunned down by that terrorist Dylan Storm Roof. Came out where well, they were put on the spot by that that racist terrorist magistrate. Yes, I call him a racist terrorist who want to come out and and put pressure on them by saying, "Oh, they their his family is victims too." You know that kind of set the whole stage for that. You got to understand psychology and how it works. And he, even if he didn't say that, they could have come out and say, you hurt me, but I forgive you. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, they got a whole lot of vitriol and hate thrown their way. And then some people in a constructive manner said that, you know, that's not biblical. That's not what you're supposed to be doing. And it also sends a message to other would-be terrorists that you are sheep to be slaughtered. But they wasn't doing it in the mean way. You know, they were just point pointing out what they saw as um being incorrect behavior. They weren't name calling the people or nothing like that and saying that, you know, we need to get rid of these type of black people. No, they wasn't in acting like white supremacists. They weren't doing that. But then I seen on the other day on the news, because I wanted to see um again, I don't watch. A whole lot of corporate television, but I will monitor it from time to time. Other people in this household do watch it. And so I might be passing through and they say something that piques my interest and I'll pause and I'll listen. But I purposely was tuned in to Al Sharpton's show, Politics Nation last night. Cause I wanted to see what his take on Hillary Clinton, the racist, a uh, white supremacist who's running for the nomination for the democratic party we did a program on it yesterday i wanted to see what his tape was going to be on it you know and i recorded the show and you know i just skipped through it but i never saw him you know maybe i skipped through too fast or something but i never saw him address that yesterday didn't see it so then the next thing i know another clip on the next show came on and you had Senator Lindsey Graham, a U.S. Senator out of South Carolina on there who has previously stood up for that racist terrorist flag that flies on the Capitol grounds of, of South Carolina. You know, people have been waging that battle for decades, man. Y'all don't think y'all really realize how long people have been trying to get rid of that terrorist symbol off of state property because they pay taxes on it and they don't want Terrorist symbols, you know, being there as a message. Because they don't need a reminder. They don't need a message. They, they, they can look at issues like Michael Slager, white cop, gunning down Walter Scott and, you know, know that racism still exists. So they, they don't need those reminders. See what it reminds them of is how terrorists down in these areas where we live, how long they have terrorized our families while carrying those flags. And then to add insult to injury after black people around here started defending themselves. And, well, they've always defended themselves. But when they started stepping up, their counter-violence activity, arming themselves, forming the black guard, keeping watch at night because the terrorists are cowards and they like to come in the night and burn crosses on in your yard, while waving their terrorist flags see see we know that means something else to us that don't mean the confederacy so to speak because see many of these people many of the confederate army units or, or whatnot were not flying those flags those were not their battle flags they have other battle flags but we know the kkk especially here in north carolina had the largest membership and probably still do they just not as organized or maybe they are underground right now, but there's documentaries that's been done about just how North Carolina had so many due paying. I mean, they paying whatever the dues was. They paying money to belong to a terrorist organization. And, and here in North Carolina, they had the most due paying terrorists pooling their money together to terrorize black folks around here. And they adopted that symbol. I mean, that symbol was adopted right after the Civil War by the start of the person who founded the Ku Klux Klan. So it ain't just about the Confederacy. It's about terrorism under that flag. And like I said, to add insult to injury, sometimes during the 60s, sometimes during the 70s, when black people in mass was engaging encounter racist activity well that was their way of saying you know y'all might get the right to vote but we gonna remind you we gonna put this terrorist monument right here at your voting poll to let you know that we are here we're lurking and that we don't want you voting See, you know, that, that subtle racism, that subtle, that's one of the subtle ways that they practice racism, even though it should, it's not subtle when you got a hundred foot monument of a Confederate soldier right there in front of the courthouse. That's not so subtle to me. The first time I ever had to go down to the courthouse, we got a new one now, but the old courthouse, that was the first thing I noticed was this big giant 100 foot statue with a confederate soldier holding a rifle in his hand I immediately got the message that Negro when you walk through these doors don't expect no justice not that I need that statue to remind me that the criminal justice system is just a mechanism of white supremacy to put black people into the slavery that was never abolished so when those people, I, I was watching that that Lindsey Graham on there, and he said that when he before was defending this terrorist flag, he was saying now he has had to change, he's had a change of heart. He's still going to practice racism, let's not be stupid. But now on this issue, he's had to give ground. Because this is what he said. He said that seeing the and I'm paraphrasing what he said because I don't remember exactly what he said but this is what he said along these lines he said that seeing that forgiveness by those family members who had just had their family members gunned down by this terrorist again I'm paraphrasing, paraphrasing you know he's not going to use the word terrorist but he said he was moved by them and that now I must acknowledge that this flag represents terrorism and so therefore I have to urge my fellow South Carolinians to remove the flag so I thought about that I was like hmm I was like hmm that's what it took That you know not the actual gunning down or the terrorist act itself because he didn't come out with no statement right after it saying no he didn't come out and say that until after those those distraught emotional black people did something that I would have never done but when they forgave that racist terrorist that was a powerful piece of propaganda and it disarmed the codified white supremacists, the refined white supremacists to then publicly have to reverse their position so for the people down here in the south where we have been asking demanding Signing petitions, calling for boycotts for over 20 years to have this symbol of terrorism removed because we don't want our tax dollars supporting the promotion of white supremacy and terrorism. We have, you know, now because of what those black people did in forgiving that terrorist publicly, it gave us ammunition. It put the racist terrorists on the defensive because now he's got to think, man, can I publicly come out in support of that flag? When these people who have suffered such a horrific event were able to bring themselves to forgive. And the family themselves have don't want that flag up. So it just troubles me. It troubles me that we are quick to condemn and quick to not see the value in something. And I'm being honest. I did not see the value in the long view in terms of of what that could do. I I just didn't see it. I didn't see it. And again, I would never do it. And I don't encourage anybody to do it. I'm like that black minister from North Carolina who said that, no, we are not turning the other cheek. We want this guy prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. See, that's that's how I'm with him. I feel like he does. But again, I now see. How what they did, and I'm sure they didn't intend that to happen. They never intended to go in there and forgive that terrorist. If you believe that, whenever they arraign somebody, they don't go telling family members of the victim to come, you know, stand around and watch us arraign this guy. I know they ain't do it for my family. When my one of my uncles was murdered, they didn't call my mother and her brothers and sisters. And my grandfather and say, we want y'all to come down. We caught the guy who murdered your uncle, who murdered your brother, who murdered your son. And we want y'all to be in the courtroom when we arraign this guy. No, they, they didn't do that. They just arraigned him. So y'all don't, I mean, we need to recognize that that was a setup for them black people to begin with. That, that magistrate knew exactly what he was doing when he put them in that position. And I'm sure that racist magistrate, he probably got confederate flags flying at his house. And he wasn't thinking, he probably didn't perceive or predict that them saying that they forgave that terrorist was going to have the effect of rallying other people around that family. And also uniting with that family and saying, take the terrorist flag down. Cause this is, this is the symbol. This is the symbol that the terrorists who killed our murder, our, murdered our family. This is his, uh, this is the symbol that he was worshiping. So we, you know, don't want our taxes paying for this terrorist flag on state capitol grounds. So, you know, I, I had to... Maybe, you know, maybe you can't see the logic in that. Again, it's not something I would do, but that is just a thought that I had when I saw the white supremacist, U.S. Senator Um Lindsey Graham say what he said, reversing his decades-long position on supporting the terrorist flag. So, I, I for what it's worth, you know, I just thought I would throw that out there now um let me see gotta make sure i keep up with the uh time um just got a message that uh brother dave will be on air today tando radio show which is immediately following uh this program depending on how long i stay on the airways i don't know if i'm gonna do two hours today i got a lot of work to catch up on now i want to um go over the points that or the notes that i took today from what i you know was observing on facebook and you know the counter propaganda that i was engaging in and so again you know if you again have any observations any comments you look i ain't looking for nobody to be as we said in the Military, no brown noser. Don't be calling in here just to kiss up to me cause I'm just a regular person, you know, to, no, no, no. It's not about, about that. And don't be afraid if you disagree with me to call in. I'm not going to cuss you out. I'm not going to hang up on you or anything like that. Let's have an exchange of ideals. Help me see the ill, you know, the holes in the logic. Because I don't want to be walking around Ignorant about stuff I don't want to be walking around Engaging in incorrect thought patterns And maybe you know You might consider something I have not considered And and, you know If you present a logical argument And I see the logic in it Then you know I will have to concede that you are right Because it's not about right and it's not about being wrong it's about arriving at truth that's what we should always be striving for it's truth so we're going to take a station identification break and then on the other side I will uh, share my notes and thoughts with you you're listening to Black Talk Radio News part of the Black Talk Radio Network New Black Media for the New Millennium 4th Annual Liberated Minds Black Homeschooling Education Expo kicks off on July 17th through the 19th in Atlanta, Georgia. The Liberated Minds Black Homeschooling Education Expo was established in 2012 by Rooster Fruits and the Liberated Minds Black Homeschooling Education Association for the strong purpose of providing quality, culturally-based resources, educational training, and support to Black African homeschooling, non-homeschooling parents, and educators alike. This work is to assist in the cultivation of excellence and empowerment of our black children. The Expo also provides a thriving outlet and platform for small black independent businesses that specialize in retailing and or creating culturally conscious products and or services for the development of our youth. For more information on the Liberated Minds Black Homeschool and Education Expo that will be occurring during the weekend of July 17th through 19th in Atlanta, go to Liberated yeah, if you're in the Atlanta area, well really, if you're anywhere in the United States and you have the funds to make that trip to the fourth annual Liberated Minds Black Homeschooling Expo, uh, do so. Cause I think that is, if we're able, cause I understand we're not all able. And you may think that you're not able, but maybe they can show you that you are able to homeschool your children that is one of the things in the area of parenting that i think black people should be striving to do is to pull your children out of these white supremacist education centers or i should say more appropriately miseducation centers you should if you're able i understand everybody is not but if you are able and that's something that that you want to do then link up with those people link up with them let me see if i can find the uh website right quick cuz i strongly believe in this let me see fourth annual liberated black minds and that's what we should all be striving to do to liberate our minds from mental oppression let me see fourth annual Liberated. Okay, the address. Well, man, I wasn't listening. Liberatedmindsexpo.com is the website, and and I know I said that in that promo, but um, yeah, let me tell you when that is. I think it's in starts. Yeah, July the 17th through the 19th. So it's on the weekend. So if you work, you know, maybe you can get Friday off. Uh oh. Let me stop this um this music here. Um, yeah, you should also sign up for their updates. Cause it wasn't that long ago. They were offering like a 30% off, uh, ticket or discount to go for black people, for black men. I'm sorry. Cause they were trying to encourage more black men to get involved and they had like a Father's Day special. If you responded and go ahead and got your, uh, tickets and whatnot. And, and then, you know, you could have got that discount. So yeah. Please go to Liberated Minds, that's with a S Liberated Minds Expo dot com July seventeenth through the nineteenth. So that that's just some you know, right around the corner. The way this month has been going by so fast, that's right around the corner. Actually, it starts on a Friday. So you might want to take Thursday off so that from your job if you're able to travel to Atlanta. The location will be the Denard Conference Center at Atlanta Tech 1560 Metropolitan Parkway Southwest. Again, that's Atlanta, Georgia. They will have workshops, lectures, training, exhibits, children's activities and classes and networking. All right. So, yeah. Again, I wholeheartedly support that. Wholeheartedly support that. Now, again getting back to it just kind of like was a big disappointment it didn't make me angry but the first thing I, the first post that I saw on my Facebook news feed when I logged in to see if you know people had sent me messages about something I need to do or something I, you know something they wanted from me information whatever but the first thing I see in my news feed is black people bashing other black people and talking about removing that symbol that flag and it's not going to stop racism white supremacy do you think that those black people don't know that do you think we don't know that do y'all think because we in the south that we ignorant of something um, are y'all going off of stereotypes and thinking that we just a bunch of hillbillies or something running around with straw hats and straws in our mouths and overalls and boots and stuff like that chewing tobacco and and yeah is that what you think about us that we are that ignorant that we think that if we remove these symbols from the places we go vote the places where we go to pay taxes places we go to pull records you know conducting business places we go work do you really think we believe that removing these monuments that we helping to pay for now the upkeep of do you really think that we think that removing those things is going to make these white people stop practicing racism racism no it's not actually it's going to make them actually get pissed off and want to practice more racism but see I'm not afraid because I think some people are afraid again I'm I don't know I don't know what your motivation is for wanting to allow these symbols up that's logic that's logical to me but I consider today because I have to consider these things that Scotty you go by your real name, you're not hiding behind a pseudonym, not that I'm picking at people who do, because you might work on a job or something like that, and white people, you depend on white people for your employment like most of us. And so you don't want them looking you up on the internet and seeing you talking about racism, white supremacy, and then they fire you because you haven't found out a way to, you know, employ yourself. So I understand that. But I decided when I started broadcasting in 2007 that I was going to use my real name. Because I, you know, I just didn't see a issue. Now I was ignorant back then. I did have a plantation job. No, I didn't. Not in 2007. I didn't have no plantation job in 2007 but I just I, you know I just saw it if you're going to call yourself a journalist if you're going to engage in citizen journalists if you're going to be writing articles and stuff like that that you know you won't put your name on your work so that's why I use my name but I do overstand why other people do not use their real names because of the position they're in but I consider now Scotty you're using you know you use your real name you know that you on the radio air, just about every day using your name. You know people know where you live. So is it wise for you to be engaging these racist suspects and white supremacy in social media calling for these symbols to come down because they might track you down. And then I'm putting my family in danger i considered that i considered that but then i thought about my uncles and my grandfather and i thought about other examples like robert f williams who lived in monroe north carolina and all the people black men who joined the um black guard i looked at people like asada shakur i looked at brother Russell Maroon Schultz I looked at Huey Newton I looked at Malcolm X I even looked at Martin Luther King they knew that they were putting themselves and family in danger but they didn't let that fear stop them from doing what they felt they must do to promote justice they didn't let and I'm you know fear is good because fear can motivate you to protect yourself but what you can't do is let fear overcome you to the point it paralyzes you and you don't do nothing. Because standing still, standing around, sitting on the sidelines and not getting in the game is not going to put us on the path to victory. It, 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 it can't. If you don't engage, then things going to remain the same. So I considered all that stuff. I, I considered all of that. And I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid because I have means to protect myself. I'm usually up late at night, well into the morning anyway, because of my funny sleeping patterns. And I'm always going outside, looking around, make sure there ain't nobody over there trying to burn down the church like they burned down a black church in Charlotte last week. I'm still trying to get information, but Max told me last night that they had burnt down a black church in Charlotte, North Carolina on the same Wednesday night that there was a terrorist attack. I certainly didn't see Gastonia Gazette posting about it on Facebook. Instead, they promoting rallies to support these racist symbols. So, again, you know, we have to consider these things and we have to engage in counter or, excuse me, counter-violence. We have to Engage in defending ourselves, our property, our communities. So I considered all those things, and I knew that I came from a people who has been surrounded by these terrorists who didn't want us here in a, to begin with, and they wanted to scare us off of our property that we've been living on for hundreds of years. So that they can take it over, and so we know we, my family, my ancestors did not go running, did not go crawling, to get away from these terrorists. They engaged in self-defense, and we still here. As a result, property been passed down from generation to generation to generation. But squabbling with black people, where is, I mean, come on, y'all, how is that constructive? how's that constructive if you don't see the value in not only black people or white people who have for decades been trying to tear down these terrorist symbols why are you on the side of the white supremacists who want to keep the symbols up because that's really what you are on their side of that issue not for the same reasons but the result is the same you saying leave them up the white supremacist saying leave them up the racist suspect saying leave them up that's squabbling with other black people something needed fuller for you codified folks out there said don't do cause what does squabbling do it promotes conflict with other black people it leads to name calling it leads to arguing it leads to killing again I have seen black people make the comment about we need to get rid of these black people they ain't talking about the proxy racists who working with who you know who's directly aiding white supremacy no they talking about confused victims we need to get rid of them well damn if we need to get rid of them then you should be thanking the white terrorist Dylan Storm for getting rid of them and stop acting like you angry because they got killed huh? you know tch. Man, let's think about this logically. And so then, you know, I started thinking about squabbling white people. And so I've been monitoring Gastonia Gazette's Facebook page. That's the oldest, largest paper in this county that I live in. And i just been monitoring when I wasn't engaging, but I was monitoring white people. Squabbling with white supremacists. I can see some value in that. Do you see value in that? So now that black people and other white people who see, who don't want these terrorist symbols up, now that they have the political capital, because you got to understand politics and how they work, now that they have the political capital to get there twenty year goal accomplished. Now, because those white people who feel guilty or whatever, now that they now they are being forced by their conscience to confront the white supremacists among them and say, you know what, I'm think I thought about this and I think that this is incorrect. I don't think anybody should be forced to pay for a, a white terrorist symbol. And I hear what you're saying about your heritage and all of that, but come on, let's be honest. Now that is a symbol of hate. I see the value in in white people squabbling with white supremacists, because what it Neely Fuller said that squabbling can lead to. Squabbling leads to arguments. Squabbling leads to fighting. Squabbling leads to killing. So I think it's a good thing that these flags and monuments coming down. I think that Walmart, Kmart, Amazon, eBay, all these big giant retailers saying we're no longer going to sell. We're no longer going to allow the selling of this terrorist symbol. I see NASCAR redneck heaven nascar that's you know we got the nascar museum right here in north carolina right there in charlotte now they are banning the duke's of hazard car what was on top of the duke's of hazard car y'all remember that television program from the 70s had a confederate flag what was the name of the car robert e lee see that's the subtle ways that refined white supremacists practice racism and white supremacy that's one of the ways so here you are, all these people watching this television and whether they're being programmed to believe that it's good to be a white supremacist rebel. Paint the flags on your cars, erect the monuments, raise the flag to white supremacy. Now NASCAR, which has that freaking car in their museum, are now banning that car. They are also, I heard, banning that from their races that they sponsor. What else did I see in, in relations to that symbolism? Something else. But anyway, anyway, I see the value in people pressing and actually being successful in pulling these symbols down because it's causing white people to squabble among them. If white people are squabbling among themselves, then guess what? That gives them less time to focus on doing harm to you. That's, that's, that's how I feel. Let me take this call. Area code 973. Um, thank you for calling in. Uh, please express your observations. If you have any questions, anything you'd like me to consider, go ahead. Speak your mind.
0: Good afternoon, Mr. Reed. How
1: are you? I'm surviving behind these enemy lines as best as can, my sister.
0: Great, great. I believe in the concept of one size don't fit all. You know, I, I really think that's how I, am. I really kind of live by one size don't fit all. And I do agree. I, I'm a Christian. And I can understand what that woman did when she said she forgiven him because it's like a coping mechanism. It's like it's like a cancer when you hold something in your heart against someone, and it just like it 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 just eats away at you. If you don't forgive, it will eventually kill you. But the, the 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 evilness that you feel, the hatred that you feel, the the, the wanting to get back at that person that you feel and I, I I can understand and sympathize with that woman. So to to say I forgive you, it kind of releases. I don't know if she hasn't totally forgiven. Maybe she forgives to a point where she can kind of somehow cope with it. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I know she doesn't forgive that man one hundred percent. But it it kind of puts her at bay at the point and. And that's how I truly felt that she, the way she was really feeling it in, in life. Have you ever just, that so 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 a person that it just eats you up, you get yes. it, it's so, and when you finally begin dystrophy, it's like, I like guess, what is it, waiting to exhale? You just exhale.
1: Let and me I give you an example dystrophy. of that. Um... I got divorced, I don't even remember when I got divorced, 1993 or 1994, and I have two children with my ex-wife, and without getting into the details, the things that led me to seek a divorce and custody of my children had me very, very angry at her, okay, I mean, I couldn't stand to see her, I hate to see her coming, you know what I'm saying, when she come to pick up the children for visitation or whatever, I didn't want to see her. I ain't even want to picking up the children, all right? I just, man, do you know? Do you know that I just now forgave her this year? I just well, now, you
0: for th- thank God
1: for that. I just thank now God forgave for her this year, and and even when she would come here, because again, you know, our daughters uh, live here with me, and you know, because I had one custody and whatnot. Even when she would come, she she knew I hated her and so she knew and she even whether she was acknowledging whether i had a good reason to hate her or not she felt that hatred so therefore that hatred was being reflected back at me by her and i'm sure our children could pick up on our hatred for each other you know what i'm saying and so this this year right i she was looking at going to prison or, or excuse me, going to jail because she was still a thousand dollars behind in the child support that she had owed me. And I never went down there trying to get her locked up or anything. But you know, it, I let, I let the white people handle it. I didn't go down there to begin with. And so then when she told me she was looking at going to jail, and and saying would i sign off and say you know that she don't have to pay this thousand dollars i thought about that and i was like you know what i'm gonna do it because i'm an abolitionist not not because you know i feel like you don't owe this money because i never asked you for any money to begin with you know because these kids was going to be taken care of regardless all right And, and so then i was like i can't let her go to jail I can't let her go to jail because I'm an abolitionist, and I don't think people should be put in jail because of they're poor or they're working poor and they don't have the money. So I went down there to the courthouse with her, and and told them, no, she, I don't want her to have to pay that back, no. And, and then check this out: the white supremacist social worker acted like I wasn't even there because they was going to try to put her in jail. They, she told her, I don't care. If if he has said, cause I called the woman and told her, left a message saying I'm forgiving this thousand dollars. I don't want her going to jail. And so then when I go to the courthouse, you have to sign in if you if you are part of a case. And so I signed in. And so then she ain't called my name or asked me what i wanted to do or nothing they immediately when that judge came in there called her up there and was finna argue for her to go in jail and so i paused for a minute i didn't get up i just i sat back to see what this white this racist suspect was gonna do because my ex-wife is non-white and so i'm I, I, I then i stood up and then the white woman looks at me and said oh i didn't know you was here mr reed what well, did you look on the sign-in sheet and call my name and I went up there to the table and I whispered in her ear, I told you I I don't want her going to jail and that I wanted to forgive this. And then they looking foolish in front of the black judge. And and so then we went across the street and filled out the paperwork. And then that and then when I did that, now I don't have that hatred no more. I don't have that hatred for her in my heart anymore, and she doesn't have that hatred for me either. And I Limited relationship because we have limited interaction is is so much better that tension is no longer there, so I understand the value of forgiveness, but again, I'm not going on t v forgiving no terrorists <laughs> and murder my family.
0: <laughs> well, you know I thought also Marie, that that might be uh they might have did that just for show because a lot of people would have said if they were Christians, they would have forgiven. You know, God says to forgive, so it's it's kind of twofold. But I think, again, it really is it's like a coping mechanism. You have to do that. And and she's on national TV. You know, I, I don't I don't think you remember um, the Eric Gardner, and they asked her, "Do you forgive the man who who did that to your husband?" She said, "Hell no!" Excuse me. I hope I'm not using the cuss word. Um, no, Right that's on fine. national TV, and they all tried to blurt that out when they tried to report it. But we had a raw copy of it, mm-hmm. and um, she just came out and said it. I don't know if she was a Christian, but among Christians, you, you're supposed to forgive. You may forgive in, 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 let's say, how would I say, theory, but not in maybe actuality. You may, right. you, you might have did that for sure, but I really think that it is a coping. Because at times, you get so mad when you just want to, like, oh, it, it's, just, it's just, it can be cancerous. It can truly, that's why a lot of people... I really people a lot of people who have cancer are very repetitive people. They've got so much hate and it, it as a person who's nutrition and things of that nature, it manifests itself in different areas of your body. It can stay somewhere and fester, Mr. Reed. It really can. So forgiveness has its his part in our in our and our beings and our bodies. It really, really does. Yeah, and, I
1: understand and that. That's
0: yes, that's what that's what I I really wanted to say uh, about in terms of forgiveness. So I I really appreciate you giving me this time to talk about it, and I'll meet my line
1: Okay, thank thank you. But again, you know I I understand, and you know I why well, I didn't agree with what they were saying. I also didn't agree with people talking bad about them and name calling and, and stuff like that, you know, cause I was considering all the angles, but I'm to be honest with you. I told both of my, my uh, daughters, I got three daughters. One of them lives in Charlotte uh, with her mother, but the two that live with me, I told both of them, I said, if one of these terrorists around here kill me, I, you better not go on TV talking about how you forgave them or you better take that kind of stuff to your closet, but don't do it. You know? And that's what I told my daughters. Make sure there is no confusion about that. And then also I told them, and, and you know that they gonna send the military guard out, you know, to bury me. No, don't, don't, I don't tell them we don't want it. We don't want it. Cause I'm not proud of my service. So, you know, keep your damn flag and, uh, you know, keep your color guard and keep your six gun salutes cause, uh, Scotty Reed don't want it. Uh, we got Sarah on the line. Sister Sarah, how are you today? Scotty, um, greetings to you and greetings to the uh, callers greetings
3: (laughs) well Scotty, you you read my mind because I was saying the same thing that you were saying in regards to um, and the caller before me the young lady that just got off and and speaking about forgiveness you know, I can forgive within myself whatever it is you know, so that I, like I told you before, I'm a hater (laughs) <laughs> I love being a hater. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not I don't suffer from high blood pressure. I'm on no medications, no hair loss, none of no maladies I don't have it. But I know how to control my hate. Right. I'm not going to go around here punching holes in people's tires, spray painting, you know, doing doing anything crazy like that. Mm-hmm. But hate hate has its place. Mm-hmm. And we have to know how to how to um, manage this this hate that we might carry around or this state that we might want to carry around with our life as a result of a lot of us being indoctrinated in these different religious theologies and it 's mostly on um, black people where you see this stuff is being forced upon us mm-hmm. to tell us that you have to forgive because i don 't see any other group around the world, whether it be the Japanese. The Koreans, you know, with what went on with them, um, the North and South Koreans, they um, the Jews, especially the Jews, you don't ever hear nobody telling these Jews, but you know what? He's on his dying bed, you know, the man is on a breathing tank. Why you just let him live out his last few days and just Mm -hmm. let him die and just gone off? They said, "Hell no! They're dragging him, um, oxygen tank and all." No, (laughs) you (laughs) coming? We are taking you. We are taking you. We are are not going to forgive what you do. The same thing goes with the Palestinians because they know they would never get before a Palestinian and tell them, okay, you know what? You'll need to forgive each other. These people are living in rubbles. These people are still living in their rubbles. Their family body parts are probably still between these rubbles. Mm -hmm. But you're going to try and tell people that need to forgive. It's it's the same thing happened last week. You have a bloody scene, bullet holes still in the walls. All of these things still going on. And we feel as though we have to come out here and we have, um, some or the other to, to come you know, to calm the furor and to, by saying that you that you forgive away. In most cases, people know that you don't. This is just lip service. It's like the man that you were talking about with the church that got burnt. I saw that piece this morning um, where his church was burnt. Now, the pastor was there.
1: In Charlotte?
3: Yes, the one in Charlotte. And he's saying, but he has no hate and he forgives. You know what I said to myself? Really? So I, I said, he, it, yes, sir. That's what the preacher said that it was a black man. And I said to myself, "I said, if they keep doing this, their insurance company is going to look at them as a liability."
1: Good point.
3: Because I used to, I used to work claims. You become a, li- a, a liability because if you're going to go around here and blanketly forgive a piece of cover and destroy your property, we don't want to insure you because we don't want other people to go around here burden up black churches. Mm-hmm. No, we got to be paying out all this kind of money because this is what you are doing when you keep doing these this, this type of thing. And somebody need to pull them aside and say, you need to stop it. You need to stop it. Let, because when the people have investigated it yet, yeah, the arson, the smoldering flames are still coming up, smoke is still coming from the rubble. And you running around here telling saying that you, you do have no hate in your heart and you want to bring them to Jesus and all this kind of, this kind of, you, you don't do that.
1: not publicly anyway if that like the um the other video of the black minister in north carolina you know again i i understand where the other caller was coming from because my mother tried to tell me the same thing because we were talking about that and i do understand where they're coming from but then i said like you know that minister said that you can go to jesus said to pray in your closet you supposed to Mm -hmm. go in your closet. And then I reminded other people, I was like, the Bible tell you, don't be standing on the street corners to be seen by men like you so holy and this and that and and whatnot, because then you received your reward, the praise of men. Okay, so so, so don't be looking for for, show. Exactly. So he said, go to your closet in secret. And what you ask of your father in secret, he will take care of for you openly that's what that teaches that's what it teaches so that's something else that i considered that it was incorrect but again sister sarah i just want to stress and that i'm not saying that's what you're doing because you're not but i just want to stress the flip side of that when i see other black people who are ain't get angry at these people and then say we need to get rid of y'all you know that's wrong No, no 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 that's wrong no we don't need to get rid of them we need to have a conversation with them and 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 present why we think that's incorrect because like that minister said you on television saying you forgive this person now i could see the the he didn't use this example but one similar to it now i could see if he gets convicted and it's in the death penalty phase then his defense attorney will be like well didn't y'all see the family members saying they forgive mm-hmm. you exactly so yes, it could scotty, be used right. as propaganda against you when you do these things publicly and, and, and again i'm not mad at them i'm just saying perhaps they are not seeing the other side of it in in the negative pr- of things that it is promoting
3: you are very right scotty because like i was telling a friend of mine um earlier today i um the Boston trial that went on there with the sentencing phase where this um Sarnayev he was given the death penalty mm-hmm. and that happened two years ago when this but when this bombing occurred and he
1: apologized
3: he, he apologized and, and he said yeah but the family nobody says okay well we well we we accept their um you know let, let's go back in and do this resentencing over and perhaps give you life in prison and you'll know, take the death penalty off the table they didn't do that nobody and they had a two-year period within which to marinate and decide okay this is what we don't want to do they did not do that and if you are just fresh from your from your tragedy where your people the body is still warm this stuff happened this this guy this happened last wednesday they apprehend that suspect on thursday he was arraigned on friday you haven't had time yet you know to, to even make funeral arrangements because the body was still in the coroner's office where they were doing whatever they had to do they didn't even release it to the family for you to go to a funeral home and for you to start making funeral arrangements and they're going to bring these people this it was so insensitive this is what infuriated me about that judge this is so insensitive two days after a killing that you're going to bring these people out and parade them on, 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 on camera as to what it is to, um, put them on the spot basically that's what he did he put them on the spot Mm-hmm. And these people that they didn't want to create a scene so 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 they did um what they felt might be what they're supposed to do. I'm, I'm sure they might have had some ministers might have talked to them and tell them, Well, you know you you, you might you might want to tone it down or you might want Yeah, to... when
1: you go in. Yeah.
3: Yes. And and they they went in on with that and you know, like all it takes is just one person to say something and then everybody gonna fall in line and repeat everything because here one the guy says, Well, I agree with what, 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 what the person before me just said. He didn't say nothing, but the other person before me said, okay, I forgive them, but he didn't repeat it. But it's, that's what happened, because it's like you said, because I've known it. I went to funerals. And one person started hollering at one corner, and then next thing you know, it um all over the church. Everybody started hollering and screaming, and next thing you know, because it started this massive hysteria. Mm-hmm. And that is basically what happened in this case with these people going before this judge with one person started off and then everybody fell lockstep in and says, Okay, well we're we gonna follow along and say the same thing even though within their hearts they didn't feel that because I know as um, as Mr Pinkney, his wife with two those two young girls, if you would kill my husband in front of me um in, in a church, I don't you don't even you don't even wanna come around me and you don't even ask me. Because matter of fact you better not send the white reporters none of that y'all can't come there if y'all gonna send somebody in front of me you better be a black person mm-hmm. because i'm gonna go to hell on all.
1: let me let me let me touch upon that point because somebody on facebook um Daryl web city i can't remember his name he made an excellent point that i hadn't considered and he said he said and it was a setup i want people to understand that that was a setup but you know how many times do you see these white reporters whenever there's a murder or something like that asking the 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 victim family, do you forgive them? And I told him ding ding ding, you got it. They don't. The white people's yep. press do not ask them that. They do not put them on the spot like that. They only do that to black people. So again, this is white mm-hmm. people practicing racism. Exactly, Scotty, because they don't even do it,
3: you don't see them doing it with, with with Hispanics, the so called Hispanic Latinos they don't ask them that the the Arabs, they don't get asked them and the other Asians, they don't do that it's something about black people that white people know that they have done so much dirt to us, that they have got to feel some kind of way absolved of their sins by asking you, to uh, asking us to forget it, because I think if you forgive it, then automatically that constitutes a um, forgetfulness
1: then later on, like you like you said, you know, like I brought up earlier, then later on when it comes to the sentencing phase, you know, well, y'all forgave him, so the judge gonna say y'all forgave him, so I'm gonna give him the minimum of sentence that I can give him because you forgave him. See they, they you know what I'm saying? So these white reporters and stuff, they know exactly what they doing when they ask these questions. And I'm glad uh 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 Eric Gardner's wife said what she said when they put her on the spot. Hell no, I don't forgive him. You go ahead, sister.
3: <laughs> exactly, because she said, she said, you know, she said, my children lost their father, their grandfather, I've lost a provider, and she was, she was angry, and Sharpton just came up, Sharpton shut it down immediately when she went off like that, because he you knew if he would let it go any further, this woman probably would have started cussing, and it would not have looked good. So he shut it down, and he's, and, and took her away at her own her mother-in-law. Out, See, that's that them. clergy
1: response team. That's that clergy exactly. response team to pacify black folks.
3: Exactly, um, Scotty. Because one quick other thing here with this with this situation, because another thing that that is also troubling and you, and I'm glad that you said it, the situation with yourself and with your um,
1: ex-wife,
3: your ex, and yes, and what you did in in not wanting her to go to, to um to jail, because that's what they want. They want another person that they can make some money off of. By like snatching this woman up and throwing her in jail for a thousand dollar fine. That if, that she could have probably paid it off within five or six months, they could have given her, said, okay, we're going to give you a five month payment plan that if you don't pay it off, well then we might go ahead and pick you up and then put you in jail. At least give you that option. Not just going to snatch the woman up and say, okay, we're going to throw you in jail. Because it's, you, you see, that's why once again, Scotty, it brings into mind that we think these children are our children, but they really belong to the damn state. Once you get a birth certificate, a social security card, it's really, you know, and I don't like to talk, you know, go down that road with that nonsense. I hear a lot of people pushing with a birth certificate nonsense. I don't get involved in that. But it shows you that when you have no control, that this is your ex-wife, these are your children. And if you make a decision that I want to forgive this debt, that the state is going to step in front of you and say, no, I don't care what you want this is what we want you you know what
1: that's what she told her my ex-wife told me that you know i had first she told me to call the woman the woman said if you want to forgive him to call her so i called the woman left the message all right so then i ain't hear nothing back and so then that day you know when we went to the courthouse they didn't when she saw the white woman we weren't together we weren't. i wasn't standing with her but when she saw the white woman and and she told her that you know my my ex-husband said that he don't he's going to forget the debt and she said i don't care that's what my ex-wife told me she said i don't care if you ain't got four hundred dollars today you going to jail Uh.
3: you see that is how that played because i remember i had to go i had a cousin of mine that i had to go to court with and one of the things that she had to go to court and she got into a little Skirmish and got into a little fight So one of the things that they said, okay, well, you know what we're going to do We're going to let this all just go on in the carpet We're going to let you do some community service And, you know, just go to anger management class And then we're going to let this all just wash Come before the judge, we're going to let it go She went before our um, When she went in there to get her case Pleaded and all of that The The white woman who was the acting as the, what you call it, uh, public defender for her, mm-hmm. came up in there and says okay, well, we're going to give you um, 24 um, you're going to do 24 hours community service, and then you're going to do the, the class. Another white woman came up, and all my sisters, this was just this was a family squabble that went down between them where the police got called, and then she got arrested. Mm-hmm. This, wasn't, this wasn't nothing where nobody, did. this other white woman now, who was in there and was a drug addict she got into a fight where a, a knife was pulled and she slashed somebody. Do you know she ended up getting the same thing? They said, okay, well, we're going to give you community service. And, and she gave her, um, put on her paper that you all you have to do is just 12 hours community service. My cousin got 24. She doubled mm-hmm. the thing mm-hmm. for my cousin. So you see how these white people are playing because somebody white would did a more serious offense. You give her less time than she got to do. But mm-hmm. you give my cousin double the 24 hours community service. hmm
1: well, sister, so that's they play you. Yeah, they 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 playing us and they playing they playing us against each other every day. And I just don't. I mean, again, I'm not above criticism. I don't do. I wasn't born perfect, knowing everything. So if I'm doing something incorrect, please point it out to me, but in a constructive manner. Because if you start calling me names and calling me stupid and this and that, I, I'm not going to listen to anything else you have to say. So, but if you That's do it true. in a constructive manner, then I might say, "Hmm, let me think about this." You know what? I see where you're coming from. You're right. I'm not. I'm. I'm stop doing that. You're
3: right. If you start cussing at people, then a uh, reflex, um, defensive mechanism come up, and you don't want to defend your cl- cl- your cause at all, at all costs, because now you attacking me. You look, this is a personal attack. So mm-hmm. now I have to get back at you because now you you, you coming out, you coming at me all sideways. Mm-hmm Mm-hmm. and that's you know and that's generally what happened because i know i get defensive like that myself if somebody comes at me and i feel like they're attacking me personally and not what i'm saying
0: mm-hmm.
3: and then i take it as a personal issue and then of course and everything goes down, you
1: know, goes down from hill. there yep well sister sarah we got a, another caller and yes, i, I want to hit some, of, the, some of these other points okay thank you uh let's see um before I take this next call, because time go by fast and Tando Radio Show will be on here, but I want to just go over some of my points and then I'm going to come to you, three one zero. But I want to talk about that flag and understanding white supremacy and how it works. Because Need Fuller did say that if you don't understand racism, white supremacy and how it works, everything else you do know will only confuse you. So people are saying that they don't understand or, or saying that they don't understand how these white supremacist monuments to terrorists, white supremacist flags and symbolism, that it's going to do nothing, you know, to, to do anything to stop white people from practicing racism. Look, we know that. We're not ignorant about that. But let me explain it to you this way. See, right now we don't have a guerrilla army. We don't have the weapons and the manpower to take these racist white supremacists head-on and wipe them off the face of the earth. So we got to do what we can do to dismantle the system. So think about white supremacy as an automobile. I actually made a a propaganda post using this example. Think of white supremacy as an automobile. I got this white man, a racist suspect, that live across the street from me. And, okay... His car represents white supremacy. That's his vehicle to practice racism, white supremacy. Now, I cannot just go over there and steal his car and then go take it to a shop and dismantle it. All right, because I don't. First of all, I don't know how to steal cars, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? But then, I, you know, I'm going to get myself in trouble if, if I get seen. So what I could do is instead of stealing the whole car is in the middle of the night. I go over there and I take a lug nut off the right uh front wheel. Then the next night, I go and I take a lug nut off the back wheel. Then another night, I sneak over there and I take off another lug nut from one i've already because he ain't noticing it he ain't noticing that these lug nuts is missing because most people don't look to see if they lug nuts is on or maybe i took the lug nut cover off the wheel cover off and then took off the lug nuts and put it back on there so that then when this white supremacist machine is rolling down the street the wheels are going to fall off and hopefully he gonna run into a tree and, and he's dead in the in the in the white supremacist machine has been totaled so i you know i'm just trying to see people who say that these little things don't matter well a lug nut is just a little part on a automobile okay you you go under the hood of somebody car right it got all these little parts little parts it's, it's one big car one machine that is made up with all these little parts right So if I want to disable this machine, then what I could do is take a little part from it here, take a little part from it there, take another little part from it here where I can. And before you know it, the car won't start and they don't, they trying to figure out, well, what the hell happened here? So I I hope that explains it. That's a good example or analogy that I can show you why little things little battles add up in winning a war so don't think that those people who've been fighting against that flag it's not really against the flag but them paying for the upkeep of that flag or paying for the main maintenance on a monument to a racist terrorist that's in front of their courthouse see they're paying for that do you want to pay for it do you want them to make you pay for it because that's why they put them up there is we going to show you that Washington, the laws that they pass up there in Washington, D.C., don't mean a thing. Because we still going to practice racism, white supremacy, and we going to make you pay for it with your hard-earned dollars. That's what that's about. It's not just about a symbol. It's about us being forced to pay for these symbols. Subtle forms of terrorism. So again, it's, it, it, it's not, don't dismiss what's a what's a word from my christian folks i hear them don't despise small beginnings okay that's that's something i've heard my mother say when i started black talk media project in 2008 and it was just me by myself and no black people was coming to the network and just a few only 10 on only 20 she said don't get discouraged never despise small beginnings that's what she said. And now we are, we continue to grow each and every month. You know, I didn't give up. So the small things do matter in the, in the long-term view. If I take enough lug nuts off the white supremacist machine, the wheels gonna fall off. Let me go to this caller, 310. Area code 310. Uh, go ahead with your question, comment, or observation.
4: Oh, I, I have to learn brother so just, this this brother Sam from California. Um uh, I was um I just wanted to basically comment on, you know, our people forgiving this incident. And um when it when it happened, my son, he's eleven years old. He's seen the news for the people forgiving the person who did this, you know, say in the courtroom and, and he when he he, was, he asked me, like why they why they doing that? You know mm-hmm. you know, and now, and I asked Pam yesterday on the calendar, I said, what kind of image is that sending to the young folks mm-hmm. who are basically in church and mm-hmm. and trying to, you know, know God? I mean, is this something we're supposed to do regularly when this happened to us, or do we got to come up with a strategy of dealing with things like this? The I mean, illness, they got to mean violence. But what else could we do besides forgive people? Because my thing is um, they could have forgave him when they were – Later on, when they were probably about to kill him in the gas chamber or something, then forgive
1: him. You know, like the minister you know, said, to, I don't know if you saw yeah. that report of that black minister. He said, if you must, if you feel like you must forgive them, do it in your closet. Don't do it in the public because it sends the exactly. wrong message.
2: Exactly. Exactly.
4: Yeah, you know, and uh, and and, he, and he, he he made a good point too when, when he said that. I the, the link on your page, you uh, know. and I was like, you know, uh, yeah, that does make sense. But I guess we've been so programmed to just. To just be so forgiving, you know, which mm-hmm. is not a, a bad thing. It, it, it's personal um, forgiveness, but publicly they can say, Well, hey, y'all forgave him, so why should we even get a boy 30 years? Give him 10. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and hopefully, so, those I mean, people that's being taught that they're hearing us now. And then they're seeing the other side of it, the consequences, the possible consequences to do that publicly that they hadn't considered before, because they might have a pastor that's on the uh clergy response team payroll, which their job, yeah. which is run by Homeland Security and other alphabet agencies to get to calm black people down when they get angry about a racist white terrorist act. And so we have to consider that they pa- they might have a pastor who is purposely misleading them because the key thing you said our people being programmed, they are being yeah. programmed. So we got to come up with counter programming and not attack. The person that is doing that because they're being misled or they haven't considered the long view and and how it looks and the message it sends. So not attacking them, but but reaching out to them and having conversations of, and, and presenting, you know, the counter argument to publicly forgiving terrorists. Yeah, exactly. I know my my son. You know, he, he, he's he's eleven years old, and and when he seen it, he he looked at me. He was like, "Why are they why are they, um why are they undoing that?" He knew in his natural that. self. This is a child. Now they said the little children will lead them, right? This yeah. is, this is a child who instinctively knew that something was incorrect about that.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it, it, it blew me away. So at the time when my Pam came on the couch yesterday, I just, I posed to her that same exact question and she, and she broke it down to me the same well, you kind of breaking it down also is that uh, it seemed like it's like we can't. It seems like when 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 white show up in front of us, we we all melt and figure, hey, you know, it wasn't that bad. But I know if little Tyrone from from Watts would have shot up a Catholic church over there in Boston or whatever, they wouldn't be in the church saying, "Okay, we um, get, a, get the, you know, the young lad for what he did."
1: You We're know, not even so. forgiving ourselves. Whenever there's yes. a heinous Ooh, crime, yeah. what they call black-on-black black crime, even though that's hyped up, I don't like that label, but even when there is a drive-by shooting and a whole bunch of kids get killed or something like that, and then when they apprehend the person, I don't see the clergy coming out telling everybody, y'all forgive this young man. Y'all know that white supremacists set up the conditions for his behavior, so y'all True. forgive him. True,
4: True. Yeah, and I, and I ain't Cali, man. It's just, as far as you know, us out here, the black mindset is kind of gone out here, man. You know, it's a few of us out here trying, but it, it's terrible out here, man. I'm just trying to teach my kids, man, and show them things and give them books and, you know what I'm saying, and give them information so when they get over, when, when we pass on, um, that's the information that they can use. You know what mm-hmm. saying? To counteract the system, you know. So, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, man. Uh, uh, thanks, man, for letting me call
1: in, man. Appreciate it oh you you're welcome don't be a stranger. Call in any time, brother. No problem peace peace okay I'm gonna clear the queue um it's not hanging up Q-A-N-A-Q on you Q-A-Q It's is just cleared. clearing the queue If you do want to make another comment because uh, we got about what thirty minutes left in the program. Just hit star six and one again. I want to hit some of these other points, but I do need to take another break, and uh then I'll come back and I want to talk about. Um, Let me see. Engaging white people lies with truth and taking on white people's press. And I want to tell you about my interaction with the local white people's press and some of the things I did that I felt like I was being codified. And if I if you think I wasn't and you could think of a better way I can engage white people's power through their press, then, you know, I'm open to suggestions. And so, I, you know, this is just something I engaged in with them today. Um, also, being consistent in your codification because credibility is important. If we're going to tell, uh, if we're going to promote nearly Fuller's 10 Basic Stops that victims of racism should practice in speech and or action, then we got to cons- be consistent with it okay if we know number 10 which i have uh that's the biggest area i need to work in on in myself is stop squabbling with black people other black people because that's what the racists want and because what it leads to all right takes the focus off the white supremacists. then you shouldn't be squabbling with black people who want to remove these signs because if you think it's petty then why are you engaging in, in, on an issue that you see as petty? Why waste your time and focus on another area that you think is more important? Just Again, I'm not criticizing. I'm trying to be constructive, to ask questions and just present my observations and, and they may be right they may be wrong well let me put it this way they may be correct observations or they may be incorrect observations we supposed to be helping each other so if I'm putting out something incorrect and, and I don't see the, the uh, ill logic in my logic and you do please help me I'm, I need help we all need help we supposed to be in this together Iron. I let me say that word right Iron sharpens iron. Steel sharpens steel. Okay, but I think it's important that we gotta be more consistent in our codification and make sure we don't slip. We gonna make mistakes, but we can't consistently be making mistakes because then they're no longer mistakes. They're habits. They're behaviors that are incorrect. All right, you're listening to Black Talk Radio News. My name is Scotty Reed, of course, broadcasting from behind these enemy lines of the United States of America, an incorporation that's still practicing racism, still practicing white supremacy, still committing genocide, and still practicing slavery. Don't be fooled by white people's press. If you live in Houston, Texas, you are invited to the Sundiata Coley Shaka Sankofa Community Garden on the first Saturday of the month up until September to learn gardening skills from the head gardener and build together with the community. They are looking for people to come out ready to work and get their hands dirty. You do not have to have any experience in gardening. All food grown from the garden is available to the community. The garden was named after Sundiata Acoli, who is a political prisoner that has been enslaved for more than 40 years, and comrade in struggle, Shaka Sankofa, who was killed June 22nd in 2000. Sundiata, when asked what we can do in support of the political prisoner, said, build a garden we must be able to do for self in the name of self-determination. The garden is located at 2428 Sophomore in Houston, Texas. Again, come out on the first of every month starting around 7 o'clock a.m. If you have an event that is free and open to the public and want to announce it on Black Talk Radio, send an email to admin at blacktalkradionetwork.com. This is Ron Hayes with Hood News, and you're listening to
3: the Black Talk Radio Network. Stay tuned.
2: I don't worry. i tell you, I'm a man who believed that I died 20 years ago. And I live like a man who is dead already. I have no fear whatsoever of anybody or anything. When we see our people being brutalized by white bigots, white racists, uh, we think that they are foolish to allow themselves to be beaten and brutalized and do nothing whatsoever to protect themselves. They are foolish. They should have the right to defend themselves against any attack made against them by anyone. If a dog is biting a black man, the black man should kill the dog. Whether the dog is a police dog, a hound dog, or any kind of dog. If a dog Is fixed on a black man. When that black man is doing nothing but trying to uh, take advantage of what the government says is supposed to be his, then that black man should kill that dog or any two-legged dog, two-legged dog, two-legged dog. Will come a time when black people wake up and become intellectually independent enough to think for themselves as other humans are intellectually independent enough to think for themselves. Then the black man will think like a black man and he will feel for other black people. And this new thinking and feeling will cause black people to stick together. And then at that point, you'll have a situation where when you attack one black man, you are attacking all black men. And this type of black thinking will cause all black people to stick together. And this type of thinking also will bring an end to the brutality inflicted upon black people by white people. And it is the only thing that will bring an end to it. No federal court, state court, or city court will bring an end to it. It's something that the black man Has to bring an end to, has to bring an end to, has to bring an end to.
4: We have to begin to move to control our community. Everything that's in your community that you don't control is a weapon against you. Public education as it exists today is a weapon against black people. TV. And news media, especially the WPP, White Power Press, White People's Paper, and White People's Power are enemies against black people. What the white press does is that it makes black people an enemy of black people.
1: Welcome back, Black Talk Radio News. My name is Reed. I'm behind Enemy Lines. All right. The uh, next thing I wanted to, to talk about: engaging white people lies with truth, taking on white people's press. Now there is uh, again. I mentioned the Gastonia Gazette uh, in my opening comments, and it's the oldest newspaper here in Gaston County, uh, and it's located in the city of Gastonia, where a white cop murdered a a black north uh excuse me korean war veteran in his own home broke in his house in the middle of the night and gunned him down talking about they doing a welfare check you know like this man didn't have a right in his own house to be armed and have a gun in his hand because he don't know who the hell breaking in through his back door and you gunned him down and they trying to keep that out of the press and i asked them about that today too but anyway uh They've been promoting these rallies around here that white people want to have in support of that Confederate flag because the NAACP chapter president here, he was in the paper. They asked him about Charleston, and he said... Um, and I'm paraphrasing what he said he said you know what that symbol needs to come down just like that confederate that hundred foot confederate monument that you got down there in front of the courthouse needs to be moved to private property or or put on the grounds of a museum that's not being paid for by public tax dollars and I'm sure he doesn't know because uh, he sh- I, may- I shouldn't say I'm sure I think that he doesn't know that in Stanley, North Carolina at the place at the Stanley community center, where we go to vote is that they got a monument talking about the thousand and so many, you know, poor white people around here that went off to fight for white people rich white people who did own slaves now I, I, i'll talk about that in just a minute because i had these white people stupefied with that comment and but anyway I, so i've been engaging them and so i told them i've been watching their posts on facebook and then so they posted another one of another white supremacist symbol and talking about the heritage and all this and that. And I said, you know what? I think the Gastonia Gazette is engaging in the promotion of white supremacy or being apologists for these white supremacy uh, 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 symbols on public property. And so that must have caught the eye of whoever is on staff at the Gaston Gazette. Because white people started liking the comment that I had made and, and possibly seeing the same thing. And so then they're going to directly address me and say, you know, uh, uh, Mr. Reed, uh, that photo that you posted with the arrow pointing to the white, the, uh, Confederate monument in front of the, that you're labeled as a polling place. Is that really at a polling place or is that at a cemetery? and then I told him no that's not at no cemetery that's at the community, uh, Stanley Community Center and I posted the address precinct number one Uh, what was the address 7 whatever 7033 College Street Stanley North Carolina zip code precinct number one then he said then they gonna come back and say well is that actually a grave of a confederate soldier and I told him no i do not think so but i don't i don't know for sure because i did not go up there to vote the last time that we had a a vote the uh, last election that i did early voting and i went to mount holly to vote you know but anyway i said but i will drive up there and i will check for you since i guess y'all too lazy to drive out there yourself and, and investigate it so i asked uh um I asked my daughter's, uh, friend who is a black male who was here and I asked him ride up here with me, um, to, uh, take pictures of this, uh, monument. The Gastonia Gazette is trying to suggest to them other white people that I'm lying, that I don't know what I'm talking about, that I'm engaging in deception. So ride with me up here so you can watch my back, you know, in case any white supremacists see I'm going up there and they want to try to do something. So, you know, uh, um, just ride up here with me and watch my back so I went up there and I took a picture of it and so then I posted that picture to Gastonia Gazette's question crickets they ain't said another damn word about it they ain't said another word about it so you engage white people's lies by promoting truth and then if they don't believe you then you present that evidence for that truth and so then I also told the Gastonia Gazette. And again, y'all know I say I'm not proud of my military service. I told y'all why I did it. I was uneducated. I did not see me as in the wider context of being um, a soldier for the spread of white supremacy. I didn't see that at the time that I went in. But I will use that to my advantage. That that because we know white people like to talk about how they support the vets, and and when I mention that, I kept having this racist suspect. I don't believe you was a veteran. Let me see your two two your DD two fourteen. So I ain't even respond to that because I'm not going to waste time squabbling with with some racist suspect who's trying to distract you from the conversation I'm having with powerful white people. Cause media is powerful malcolm said media is the most powerful entity on the face of the planet because he controls the minds of the masses so bump what this racist suspect got to say i ain't got to prove nothing to him so i but, but what i did tell the uh person who works for Gastonia gazette i said if you want to interview me about this then send me a telephone number to call and I'll call you, and we can make arrangements. Cause the last time you interviewed me, you sent a reporter all the way to Saudi Arabia to track me down, to do a story about my my daughter being born while I'm over there fighting, you know, war, wage and war on the behalf of white supremacy. You know, and, and my daughter was being born, and this little black girl who who um, has my last name, but I, we are not related. But when her teacher put the names of soldiers on the board, I think she was like in a fifth grade or something. And they put teachers, they put uh, some of the soldiers from Gaston County name on the board for them to write us letters. And so this little, this, this little black child wrote me a letter because she chose my name because I had the same last name as her, Reed, right? And so then we still hadn't come up with a name for our daughter and her name was Arielle and so I was like I like that name Ariel I'm a name I'm a name my first daughter uh, um, after this little black child that took the time to write me right and so Gastonia Gazette heard about that and so they gonna send a reporter 3,000 plus miles to track me down to do a story and I said now if you wanna do a, sto- a follow up and, and get my thoughts on this then let's make it happen You think I've heard from the Gastonia Gazette? Do you think that they're going to interview me? You think they care about what I got to say now? No, they don't. Because it's not fitting their propaganda narrative. See, when I was over there in the Gulf War, waging war for white supremacists, then, yeah, they wanted to showcase me as a black person fighting under that other flag that eventually we need to get rid of that one, too. But one step at a time, one battle at a time. I talked about this the other day. And so that's what I'm talking about, engaging white people with lies. And I was being codified. I wasn't calling people names. I was asking questions. I was making, you know, a, I was putting it out there. Well, I would make a statement, but I used the words to say, I think. I don't know that they practicing racism and deception, but I suspect Gastonia Gazette is practicing deception and is really promoting these white supremacist symbols. And, I mu- and it must be true because they would have responded. And then another thing I picked up is in their reply to me is that they never denied that that what they was doing. You would think that if that's not what you was doing, you would want all these people that's engaged in this thread and watching this. You would think that would be the first thing you come Mr. Reed, we are not engaging in deception. We are not practicing racism. We're not promoting these white supremacy symbols. No, we're being objective and we're just trying to cover it from all angles. No. Did they say that? Nope. So that tell that tells me subconsciously subconsciously that's what they was doing well excuse me not subconsciously but that tells me on a psychological level that i hit the nail on the head because they didn't even defend they didn't even defend the accusation that i was making and so again let's stop squabbling with other black people and let's encourage white people to squabble among themselves let's get White people who say that they're good, who say that they're not racist, well, let's encourage them to squabble with these white supremacists that's making it known that they white supremacists. See what I'm saying? Because that's what the racist man want us to do. They want us to squabble with each other so that we're arguing with each other, we're developing hate for each other, then hate leads to killing. Then we killing each other. we doing the white supremacist job for him. No, let's do the reverse. Let's do the reverse. And I'm not one of those people that think that you can't trick white people. You can't manipulate white people. Because I've been doing it. I been doing it all my life, man. Because I'm surrounded by these white people. And I know that some people say, you know, that that's a bad character trait to have to be able to manipulate people. But damn it, this is war i live behind enemy lines i'll use whatever is necessary to ensure my survival and when i can strike a blow against white supremacy so you know that's my thought on that and then another thing that i put out there to them to them white supremacists that supporting that flag not that i believe this well actually i do believe it it is true factually but they ain't thinking about it and i only thought about it today and i was like okay What's a way that I can get these white people to 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 question their own logic? What can I do to get white people squabbling among themselves? So this is what I said. I said, I thought about how white racist suspects always talking about, well, my family didn't own no slaves, and, and most white people didn't own any slaves. Well, factually, that is true. Most white people in this country did not own slaves. In fact, they were angry because why would a white supremacist, a wealthy white supremacist hire some poor white trash? Cause you only became white in the 1600s. They only started looking at you as being white so they can use you as a tool against us. And so you were mad about that because you couldn't get a job unless, you know, as a plantation overseer, but most of you couldn't get no jobs. You, you know, you mad. Because all this labor, it, all this free stolen African labor is taking away jobs from you, right? The same thing y'all saying today about the immigrants, right? This coming here. They taking jobs, right? So I said, you know what? Really what that flag represents is the fact that hundreds of thousands of poor white people who did not own slaves were ignorant enough to pick up arms and put their life in danger on the behalf of rich white people who wouldn't even give you a damn job, who looked down on you as poor trash. I said, white, I said, wealthy white people Are very good at tricking poor white people to go out there and fight their battles and even die for something they ain't even benefiting from. Now, of course we know white, most white people today are benefit, all white people today are benefiting from racism, white supremacy. But see, we ain't got to tell them everything that don't fit into the propaganda purposes. I'm trying to, I'm trying to bring confusion to them and make them think about what they're actually standing for. And I'm not trying to give them clarity. So, you know, I'm not going to tell them. Uh, I'm trying to play them against the wealthy white people, the powerful, refined white supremacists. And a couple of them white people understood what I said and even liked the comment. And the ones that was talking that mess, they quit talking that mess because it's the truth. Your poor white trash ass got tricked into giving up your damn life for something, for somebody else's property. So think about that. That's what that flag represent. It represents your stupid, your ancestors' stupidity. That's what it represent. Of course, I was codified. I wasn't engaging in name calling or, or, you know, calling them racist suspects. And I was saying things like, sir, and, you know, like that, being courteous as, as, you know, Malcolm X and, and in, in the nation of Islam used to tell black people to do, be courteous. You ain't gotta be out here yelling and screaming and calling people names to get your point across. Be courteous. Cause if you do the yelling and screaming and stuff, like Sarah said, automatically a defense mechanism is gonna pop up and you're gonna be resistant to the message. But if I come in and I, I use honey, With my poison, then you know you're gonna be talking about this swallowing that poison talking about it tastes good. So again, we gotta be just as deceptive, we gotta be just as manipulative. We gotta do whatever is necessary to cause cracks in their ranks. And I think I was successful in doing that. Is that what I did today going to bring a end to racism white supremacy in this county? Hell no, I know it ain't. But if I can get white people questioning themselves and questioning the things that they believe in, if I can get white people taking on racist white supremacists then damn it I think I've done a good job for that day pat myself on the back on that one because I wasn't engaging in tearing black people down or minimizing what they trying to do and telling them this ain't doing nothing no 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 attack the racist attack the racist suspects when our people are doing something incorrect we correct them as a family member as a parent as a person who loves them because when you love somebody you you know you're not going to be coming at them like I just wish you wasn't even on the face of this planet we need to get rid of you because you holding us all back that ain't the truth man they being used they being used now a proxy racist he's in a different category that is black people who know what they doing they know exactly what they doing And they just they not trying to fight against white supremacy, they just trying to improve their place in it, as many people have said. So that goes along with being consistent in our codification. If we're gonna promote the ten stops, then let's make sure that we abiding by the ten stops. Let's be honest with ourselves and do a self evaluation. And I've already evaluated myself, and I know number 10 is the one I need to work on the most, squabbling with black people. See, I can admit that I have engaged in squabbling with black people. I can admit it. And it was wrong. And I'm working on getting better to say what I got to say, to do engage in my counter propaganda, and then move the hell on. Don't go looking to see what they reply was to because then when they reply, they might just be, you know, it turns into squabbling. Say what you got to say and move on. Don't squabble with them. Sometimes, you know, that's what I do. Sometimes I will because I'm trying to get, if I'm trying to engage in conversation, I will go back to see what they have to say. And then, you know, I, I'll either say something like, I see where you coming from, but I take this view on it you know or you know what you're right i didn't consider that hmm let me think on it some more instead of me saying you ignorant you don't know how racism work you you, it's black people like you that's holding all of us back no i'm not saying that to these people because see if we don't be consistent in our codification, if we're not honest with ourselves and doing a self-examination every day, then that incorrect behavior is not just no longer a, a, a mistake here or there. No, it becomes a part of our our behavior patterns. Then we we're engaging in the same thing that we are trying to tell other people not to engage in. This is not to criticize anyone. This is to be constructive, to present an observation. And I admit that I have a problem with that because I just like engaging with people intellectually. If I see, if I see it from another way and I think it's wrong or I mean, I just like debating. I, I just do cause it, it helps with my intellectual growth. It's to engage people in, in arguments and counter arguments, not in hate field arguments, but you know, intellectual arguments. And then once it becomes unconstructive and you see that this is becoming unconstructive, disengage. That's what I gotta do. I gotta disengage. Don't, and, and then I'll even apply it to white people, like that white person that was asking me, I don't believe that you were no veteran and I need to see your DD 214. Man, now how much time would it have took, how much time would I have wasted? Yeah, it only took me a minute to say something to him, but why even waste a minute on this, on this, on this racist suspect, white supremacist? I ain't gonna call him a suspect cause I know he's engaging in white supremacy. What's the point? What I'm supposed to do? Go to the courthouse and Ask for a copy of my DD 214, my military separation papers, and then scan it and upload it so I can prove to this racist suspect, white supremacist, that I actually did serve in the military. Hell no. So don't be squabbling with white people. With little, over little insignificant things, cause all they trying to do is distract you from the point that you're making. They might see that Damn, this, this, this dude right here, man, he making these white people think. Let me jump in here and distract these people. Let me jump in here and post a clan with American flags and say, you know, what about this flag? Well, we ain't talking about that flag right now. We talking about this flag. And he was trying to trap me because in another thread, I did, I, I slipped up and I said one battle at a time then he says, see see they want to destroy america so he he got me on that one he got me to slip up on that one i shouldn't have told him that one battle at a time that i see that uh, that racist flag the stars and bars the same way i see that confederate flag i fell for that trick but that's okay because he won't get me again i learned from that no no other white person racist suspect or white supremacist would be able to use that trick on me again so i actually should be thanking him for revealing to me the tricks of white people and let me say this last point and i'll check the phone lines once again tando radio show coming up at six o'clock people everything gained a distraction okay when them people was murdered there were people that were saying that's a distraction i'm like how in the hell is a terrorist attack a distraction that's something i should be paying attention to but people were saying that's a distraction that's a distraction from from whatever else they didn't say what it was distracting us from but that's a distraction so then when in the wake of this terrorist attack These people that's been out there battling for over twenty years to remove these white supremacist symbols that they had to pay for the upkeep of. Then next thing you know, somebody saying that's a distraction. Well, damn! How's this distracting them from racism, white supremacy? When this is an act of racism, white supremacy—that's a white terrorist symbol that they love. If white people, wait a minute, let me back up. If white supremacists thought that that was such a minor thing then why the hell is they holding rallies where i live to keep these monuments in place if it's a small, it ain't small to them it's small to you it ain't small to them you know why because they understand racism white supremacy and they understand those symbols and those symbols help recruit more terrorists and those symbols our expression of the domination of black people and other non-white people those symbols will attract little young white people to grow up and be terrorists so it's no, you know, going back to again, little things do matter if you pull the lugs off of a white supremacist car eventually that car is going to wreck when them wheels fall off so, you know, a, a lug nut fits in the palm of your hand that's a little thing but it's an important thing that eventually will cause that wheel to fall off and do damage to the rest of the machine. So, and then today, somebody said, while y'all focusing on that white supremacist flag, Congress quietly passed the Trans Pacific Trade, the TPP agreement so that they can practice more white supremacy, slavery, and human trafficking, you know, that that ain't gonna benefit none of us. That's gonna benefit the most, the rich people in the world, the ones running the corporations and everything else. But then I I was like, wait a minute. I remember Tando Radio Show a couple of times last week. Before this terrorist attack, before this issue with this flag, Before any of this Tando Radio Show, Brother Dave and them was talking about this doggone Trans-Pacific Trade Agreement and the harm that it was going to do. But did you tune in to Brother Dave when he was talking about Because Brother Dave wasn't distracted. Did you tune in? Did you share Brother Dave's podcast with other people? If you thought the Trans-Pacific Partnership was so important, were you posting articles warning people about it see some of us can walk and chew bubble gum at the same time we can focus we can multitask we can focus on several issues because i remember signing at least four petitions that came somebody sent to my email to oppose that trans-pacific partnership agreement so i wasn't distracted but at the same time, I did not see you, and I'm talking about somebody specifically. And, and if you're listening, you know who you are. But I'm not here to put you on the spot. I subscribe to your Facebook page. I share some of the thing, the propaganda that you share, so I see what you're posting. But you want to talk about people being distracted by this flag issue and 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 wasn't paying attention to this? Well, anyway, that was a done deal anyway. Number two, you don't even participate in politics. So why is you trying to use a political issue to bash black people or anybody that's against this flag? And that was put in place before this flag issue. They're going to do it anyway, regardless if 33 million, if let's say 40 million black people sign a petition or got out there in the streets, that was going to pass anyway. So don't try to use that to bash black people cause you don't agree with them on this issue. You don't see how the little things add up to dismantling the white supremacist machine. Okay. Don't, don't do that cause everything is not a distraction. There is stuff going on all over this world and ain't nobody forgot about those dead, non-dead, black brothers and sisters we ain't forgot about them in fact many people use their murder as a rallying cry to remove those symbols they're doing that in remembrance of them that's what the family wanted so everything ain't a distraction brothers and sisters and we can focus on we should be focusing on all nine areas of people activity and if you don't see this particular area as being important then work on the area that you think is important if you don't think what these black people over here is doing is is constructive towards ending white supremacy don't spend your time tearing down what they trying to do you come up and present your solution and start your movement and garner support for it. That's all I got to say. Damn it, I've been uh running my mouth time and with by. Okay, I see nobody else has has a comment. So, I hope this was a constructive program. Don't take my passion as anger. Don't take my passion as I'm dogging you out. Don't take my passion as I have any kind of ill will towards you because I don't. I got unconditional love for my people. Unconditional love. Just like I got unconditional love for my daughters. As uncodified as they are in some of the things they do, I love them. And I'm going to try to help them. And it may take some time. They may not see it right away because I remember my parents telling me, Scotty, don't be doing that. But Scotty didn't listen because Scotty thought he knew it all. And so Scotty had to find out for himself not to play with fire because you may get burned. So sometimes that's what happens is that we have to allow people to experience things. Of course, we warn them, but if they don't hear those, he those warnings and we hope that their mistake isn't fatal or does great damage to them but when those things happen then they'll think back and say you know what my daddy told me not to trust these racist suspects around here my daddy told me not to be hanging out all late at night and to come home at a decent hour my daddy told me not to drink and drive and now I didn't got a DUI now my kids ain't drinking and driving or nothing like they better not be that's what I'm saying The people that are, that don't know what we know, that don't do what we do, who do not see the value in some of the things that, that are constructive, don't hate them. Don't hate them. They're your brothers and sisters. They need your help. If anything, redouble your efforts to help them see, come, come to the light. Help them see truth. And they're not going to see truth if you hating on them. If you coming at them with that hate. So anyway, that's the end of the broadcast. Um, Tando Radio Show will be on in just about a minute or two as quick as I can get them on air. So y'all stay tuned. Thanks for calling in those who shared. Um, and thank everyone who has tuned in and I'll be back on these airways tomorrow from behind these enemy lines. Recognize the fact that we live in a, on a battlefield. And you have to have battlefield awareness so that you can reduce the likelihood that you will be a casualty because I'm tired of seeing the black bodies pile up. So take preventive measures. Peace and blessings to all.